I'm Chris Moser. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast that has finished every single episode of the TV show Supernatural. So now we are back to the past covering the prequel, The Winchesters. How are you today, Chris? I'm doing all right, Jeremy. How are you? I'm doing great uh, because we have a bunch of people supporting us over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. They give us money and get cool stuff besides. You can come access our Discord server or get episodes of the podcast early. And that's all of the self-promotion that I really feel like doing today. Instead, I just want to talk about the craziness that is this episode. Things are starting is... to get kind of weird <laughs> oh. in the Winchesters, Chris. Yeah. I watched this one real late at night, and I could not believe what I was seeing. I'm like, am I dreaming right now? <laughs> it's it's pretty wild. Uh, we have some old friends returning. Last episode, uh, we had um, one old friend return in the form of Henry Winchester. Uh, and in this one, we have our, our old friend Loki that's right. The trickster is back. See, this is a cameo that I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. Um, he he was just always around. He was just that kind of guy, and he's presenting himself uh, under a different name. So it makes sense that you know John Winchester might not have any notes on this particular guy because uh, he's called something different. Yep. Right. I don't remember. Um, but I also think that they got his characterization just right because he is very different when he's introduced to us in season two of Supernatural than he is further down the line. The more times we've seen him, he's changed. Um, and I feel like they nailed that like early season two characterization of him in a way that just it just fit. So I wasn't... Because this is the type of thing that could maybe potentially rub me the wrong way. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, why are we doing this one again? Um, but I just... I think it was, it was just enough that it was just kind of a fun Easter egg, but also fit within the story that they were telling. So it worked. Why don't you catch us up on what's been happening on the Winchesters? All right. Last time on the Winchesters, the gang infiltrated the Akrita Hive. John and Mary finally kissed, and Samuel Campbell has been found. But just when it seems all is well, the truth is revealed. While the Ostium successfully defeated Rock and Roxy, she was not, in fact, the leader of the Akrita. At long last, the true queen has been unearthed, and it seems the trouble in Lawrence has only just begun. Fun times. Uh, we are discussing the Winchester Season 1, Episode 8, Hang On to Your Life. Um, as sung by uh, not the Grateful Dead, but the, the 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 blues, the Moody Blues. Who is this? I don't know. You who tell me. This? Guess who? The Guess Who. That's who it was. Um, a time for healing with some intense emotions still lingering after their high stakes recovery mission. Mary and John stay close to home to watch over a newly returned Samuel Campbell. When Latika and Carlos split off to investigate the death of a musician, Carlos is forced to face a part of his past that he has been avoid- avoiding. Millie spends time helping Samuel recover from his injuries and learns a little bit more about the men of letters. Eamon Catarali directed the episode written by Nick Chatri Sereg. Original air date was 124.23. Every episode of The Winchester is available to stream on the CW app and CWTV.com the day after broadcast for free without a subscription, login, or authentication required. Perfect. That's the um, official description, so we have to read it, Chris. That's that's what it. we it's do. In the it. Official description. There's mm-hmm. no way around that's it. That's the rules. Uh, we we don't make the rules on this podcast. We just we just record it, <laughs> edit it, and publish it, and host it. <laughs> this cold open would have just been by the numbers if it weren't for one single little detail. So we got this fellow, this musician, walking out of a club. We'll later find out this guy's name is Brock. And he kind of walks around the corner. 
um, goes behind the venue, and then suddenly he becomes very sweaty, and I thought, same brother. Same brother. Summer. <laughs> I've hot. been here. Um, I know exactly what this he, is talking about. But then he burns up, catches on fire, uh, and he dies. All that's fine. That's your classic cold open, but what really made this shine is that this um figure with a hat on will later come to find out this is in fact the trickster Mm -hmm. but this figure walks out and just casually warms his hands over the fire of smoldering on this this man's corpse and that's not classic supernatural i don't know what is work is what that is Uh, did you recognize this person in the cold open not at all not at all I was curious. They they immediately spoil this because we get our intro, and then um, as you we go back to Mary's house to check in on Samuel and the gang, uh, we we see the guest star. We see uh, it's a good thing I wasn't paying attention. I, I'm I'm always curious because I feel like people get uh, like this when I was watching Supernatural. Like every time I would see special guest star Jeffrey Dean Morgan, I'd be like, ah shit! It's that would always that would always kind of ruin it a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the, on the one hand, it's like, oh, this is exciting. I mean, most of the time I was watching it on DVD, so it was like, you know, this is from three years yeah. ago. What do I know? Um, but I I would prefer to be unspoiled about that kind of thing, just because it makes it more fun in the moment. And as you know, as you're taking notes, especially if you're like, especially at the beginning of an episode, I'm like not looking at the TV. I've got to keep checking my notes and keep typing stuff and fixing stuff up because I'm trying to just get all that useless information that never comes back. Yeah. yeah. But those details might come back. So you got to have a debt. I got to write down that he warmed his hands over the fire. You know, did you write down um, the name of the bar? Absolutely not. Okay. It's the Knave of Hearts. I, I wrote it down. That's why I was curious. Like, it doesn't really matter to the episode, but you see something like the Knave of Hearts and you're like, well, that's probably going to play that's into something. That's quite the name. Um, we get back to Mary's house. Uh, Mary is seen to Samuel's wounds. He's still kind of out. John and Millie are helping out. Um, and Ada has determined that uh, d- that his wounds, you can only do so much because they need to be treated by magic because they are, you know, we're created by magical creatures. Yeah. Um, John is like kind of weirdly intense when he asked Mary, like, so your dad's here. Are you, are you done hunting? Um, and she's like, are you trying to get rid of me, Winchester? And of course, Millie takes this moment. Like you guys probably need some, I love that throughout this episode, Millie just keeps having to leave the room because they're just being a little bit too intense. Because they're having a little (laughs) crackle of romance about them. Um, Samuel briefly wakes up kind of murmuring something about the queen, uh, but we don't get really anything with that. Uh, meanwhile, Carlos and Lata check in with the gang and they haven't found anything about Decreta, but they do have a, a new case, our burning musician Brock. They do have Brock. the cold open. <laughs> they do have the cold open. Thank God. One, one day they're going to do a cold open and just it not reference the... It, nobody's going to reference it. And we're just going to be like, yeah. why did that dude <laughs> die at the beginning? murder that happens and they won't come back to it. <laughs> Let me write one episode of Supernatural, everybody. Um, uh, they, this sounds like our kind of thing. It sounds like our kind of thing. Uh, Mary recognizes the name of the bar. Carlos says it's one of the most famous underground bars in the Midwest, which kind of sounds like being Valor Victoria valedictorian of summer school if you ask me but yeah, whatever so you can be famous and underground yeah in the midwest wow in, wow <laughs> triple threat we have a lot of listeners in the midwest who just got big mad at me probably wow uh, you, but you, you know um, what you guys can go play a guitar over it while your boyfriend rants about how you broke up with him so yeah that's right that's right uh mary says hey you guys go check that out me and john are going to stay behind and like unpack things no she says she's going to stay behind to take care of her dad which makes sense uh and john is like i'm going to stay behind and unpack things <laughs> you guys yeah. 
go on ahead. Um, I love this. Carlos lo- is like staring him down. I love this long, lingering look from Carlos because he could tell that uh, Carlos he's downloading is- all the information. They don't have to say a damn word. Nope. He's down. He's looking at them both. He's downloading the information. He goes, "Okay, yeah, they kissed. They all kissed. Right. They uh, kissed. Yeah, all right. I, I will allow this. Uh, we get a little bit of rock music and uh, and the nave of hearts as Dean begins to narrate. Did you write down exactly the words or something just- about? I did write down most of it. He's talking about how being a hunter requires a lot of sacrifice and there's no room for for dreaming for having dreams Uh, but if you open your heart you'll find you gain more than you lose something along those lines do you think that that's true Mm -mm. i don't i kind of I kind of don't, don't think know. that that's true <laughs> like i don't I wasn't to- carlos says this great line later where he says where you had to he had to make a choice whether either you kill the monster or you kill the dream yes mm-hmm. um and that i was like that's a great line and then i thought that doesn't make any sense if you kill the monster that's what kills the dream is like okay you've now entered this world if you ignore the monster and don't kill it then the dream stays alive. <laughs> yeah, it's. It, I don't think that they're making, and I think that what the goal here is to do is to promote this idea of found family that Supernatural is so is so famous for, right? Like, I feel like that's what they're trying to say. Like, oh, if you open your heart to this life, you will make friends. And this, like, Carlos's journey at the end of the episode is is recognizing that he can leave this 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 rock rock star dream in the past and be with his family, which is what he calls them at the end of the episode. I just don't think that this has really ever been true for a single hunter that we have seen ever in supernatural like nobody has ever come out of hunting and like kind of been okay about it even the one person that they showed us in this season of the winchesters had been real fucked up and lying to people about killing her her hunter friends and then had to go back to hunting to fix it like it's it's kind of bad but who cares doesn't matter the message on this was a little unclear i'm just really not sure uh, Lata is not impressed with the with the smell of this joint. Uh, Carlos thinks that this is uh, where stars are born, uh, and they decide to split up. Carlos hits the bartender, orders a rye on the rocks, which has got to be a rough drink at two, p- 2 p.m., I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, and the bartender pretty much just shuts him down when he brings up Brock. He just says, I'm not your psychiatrist. If you need to cry, cry into your glass. I yeah. love bartenders yeah. like this. This is great. Yeah. He's like, shut the fuck up. I'm literally working. Yeah, um, this is this sucks. I don't want to talk talk about this person that I know that just died. Min- and then lots of sneaking around in the back with a uh, EMF detector, just... EMF's going nuts. It's been such a long time since we've seen an EMF go nuts. I love that. I wish uh, I wish that the EMF was orbing like crazy. Um, yeah, it's it's not quite orbing like crazy, but I would you say that going nuts and uh, orbing like crazy are two different spectrums? Absolutely, hundred yeah, yeah, percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do like the design on the EMF. Um, I feel like this still uh, looks better than the Walkman EMF that we've seen so in the early seasons. Was homemade. The one that she has looks exactly like the ones you see like on those ghost hunting shows. That's yes. what everybody mm-hmm. uses. Is what she has. Speaking of ghost hunting, so uh, she bought the real thing. She, she bought the real she equipment. The real thing. <laughs> I found. Uh, I found. I saw on our the community's little local facebook page uh somebody posted that uh her and her dad are back to ghost hunting this season and so That's if anybody cute. any knows anybody knows any ghost stories to, to shout out to them i just want to reach out i just want to be like i don't know any ghost stories but you, <laughs> you just wanted to reach out t- tell me about the life like i'm, I'm here we you guys want a cup of coffee what's going on let's talk about this uh, but i have not i should go back and find out um they are lots of finds um, pictures of Brock, so that now that we know mm-hmm. what Brock looks like, uh, and on the back of these pictures, kind of scattered all over this mirror in the dressing room, are sigils uh, that she doesn't recognize immediately and wants to go back to the van where she's yeah. keeping a, they're, a they're mobile They're protection library. sigils, but what mm-hmm. is he trying to protect against? If I had to guess, he was probably trying to protect against catching on fire. 
Um, yes, it, it does work. definitely seems that it way. It did work. I would have carried a fire extinguisher, but also, uh, you know, I, it's supernatural fire, so that would not have helped. I'm just saying, like, a more uh, obvious thing. Um, as they're about to leave, uh, Carlos runs into Jericho, uh, who is uh, headlining as the star of... Uh, headlining in quotes, definitely. Headlining in quotes. Uh, and, of course, Lata is introduced to, to, to Carlos's old friend. They used to sing together when Carlos went by the name Rivers Gemini. Uh, and I know that they're going for, like, cute here, but I don't think Rivers Gemini is a... Is a I think it's a real dumb name, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, it was it's the a 70s, real... though, and every name was dumb. You know what I mean? No <sighs> offense to the 70s. I don't know, man. Like, there's some cool names. Out the Grateful Dead? Like, that's a pretty cool well, name. I don't... Okay, all right. I'm just saying, like... This is, this is coming from the guy who lived through the MySpace era? <laughs> <laughs> Mick Jagger? <laughs> like, that's, okay. a, that's a cool right. name. <laughs> this <is> the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I'm all, everything I'm saying is from, like, the 50s and 60s. Everything cool came from the 60s it's and just trickled into the yeah. 70s. <laughs> And that was all stolen from black people in the 40s anyway, so we, we're, we're not right. doing real. Anyway, I just and don't here think... here we are at Rivers Gemini. Yeah, I just don't think Rivers Gemini is a cool name. Uh, Jericho is obviously a little upset about Brock, uh, so Lata invites him to sit down for a, a drink with them. And we jump back over to the house where uh, Millie and John are preparing Ada's magic tea uh, to, help, to help Samuel when Mary shows up. And once again, to take a shot every time it happens, Millie has to leave the room immediately. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very awkward. Um, but yeah, so John starts going on this long analogy about the Cuban Missile Crisis and how they <laughs> thought the world was going in and uh, going to end, and and guys when you know that he served with the numb all kind of just started acting up. They they would go, go a little crazy and do some wild things because they just thought we're not going to have to live with the consequences of our actions. Um, and Mary is like, what the fuck are you talking <laughs> like, about? Is our relationship um, the Russians? I think is what she yeah. says. Or like, and I actually <laughs> thought that John was going to say, well, that's kind of how I feel about yeah. our kids. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. of course, that's not what he says. He says, that's not how I feel. I do want to live with the consequences of our kiss. Um, I, I hope that you do, too. And then there's a long, awkward pause. <laughs> I um, I will say, I I think this this speech from John is very dorkly charming. Uh, it's it reminds me once again we we talked about this on so many episodes now, but it reminds me so much of Sam Winchester being mm-hmm. awkward around girls, whereas Dean pretending to to kind of be the the ladies' man uh, that he he likes to put on. Uh, the face that he likes to put on for everybody else. Uh, but this definitely reminded me of, of like Sam's mannerisms around women sometimes where he gets flustered when he notices that a woman, that a woman is interested in him. Uh, but very specifically just like this long, like kind of rambling thing that doesn't make a lot of sense and confuses someone. And then like a really sincere emotion at the end of it, just it's, it's, it was very sweet and nice. And it's, it was, it was surprisingly sweet. And Mary has to kind of let him down gently. And she's like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm here my dad is back. I'm taking care of yeah, him until he gets ready. She doesn't I, regret it. Yeah, I don't. I definitely don't regret it. I'm just. But he can feel that butt coming. Yeah, yeah. But she, she just says like, I don't know what I'm ready for yet, and I just need some time. And he's like, Yep, no problem, cool. And you can tell like it's not the reaction that he's expecting, but he also doesn't like blow up and go, you mm-hmm. know, rant about it on on a subreddit somewhere. So that's yeah, he's good disappointed, for him. but he's not like angry. Yes. Yes. Uh, Meanwhile, Jericho has brought out old pictures of Rivers Gemini uh, and is talking about how Carlos has a, a sweet, sweet voice. Um, but he doesn't really know anything about what happened to Brock. He was on stage at the time. Yeah, uh, he's also like, yeah, I don't really give a shit. 
yeah, about what happened. Seems- and I was immediately thought, okay, well, Jericho is our number one suspect because the way that he won't talk about this or the way mm-hmm. he, that he doesn't care, um, that puts the target right on his back. And he invites him to the show that night. And Carlos seems like weirdly standoffish. Like you would think that Carlos Ford the 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 kind of persona that he he puts out to the world would be real interested in going to a like a, a rock show uh but having left this life behind you can kind of tell it bothers him to be in front of it again and that's going to be yeah. one of the, the kind of the, the the one of the main plots with carlos for the rest of the it episode. isn't that he doesn't want to do it or doesn't feel comfortable it's that he had to say goodbye to this life yes so coming back to it is painful although to be honest with you chris like for all of the things that you could pretend to be while being a hunter, a traveling Dude, rock star so much seems like you're up at weird times. You don't keep an address. Like you have reasons to go out and get inspired in the woods at night. Like you carry weird stuff in your guitar case. Like it makes it's such a good cover story for a hunter. And yet, I mean, I know credit scores probably didn't exist in the seventies, but like people still needed an excuse to be that kind of a vagabond. And here you go. Here you go. You got it. Like, it's perfect. Um, As they're going out, uh, Carlos uh, passes a table and he accidentally brushes against somebody, uh, knocks this uh, hat off of the of the table i feel like they put a lot of significance on the hat and i looked up some some wikipedia pages to see if i could see if there was something that would like connected this hat back to supernatural and i didn't see anything so if anybody has any clues out there like let me know or else it's just a really stylish hat but the big thing is when he picks it up and he turns around and he's like wow this is a really nice hat and he hands it over it's our old friend loki aka gabriel from the main series and the second uh guest appearance I was pretty surprised. I mean, I said it at the beginning of the episode, but I expected, okay, here, we're going to get this face reveal. And this guy, you know, he was warming his hands. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be someone from Carlos's past? And then, boom, no, it's somebody from our past. So in (laughs) in, Supernatural fans. In the main Supernatural storyline, we know we were introduced to this character as Loki at the beginning as the trickster. I don't know. Did they ever call him Loki? I can't even remember. I just know we called him the trickster. No, he's Loki the trickster. um, And he, there's a bunch of stuff... um, the only thing, like the only, th- the only huge takeaway I, I remember from that episode is the awful like devil girls and heaven and angel girls that he like shows Dean as a kind of a temptation or oh, whatever, right, right. where they're like fighting in a theater or something. Uh, but they absolutely believe that he is Loki at the time, and they kill him, and they he pretends to be dead, but then he's absolutely not dead because he's actually Gabriel, who later we find out um, took over Loki's body to hide away from heaven because he wanted to get away from the all That's of the heavenly right. war. Um, it was interesting. I was curious if you. I couldn't remember. I, I didn't know if you remembered any of that stuff or not. When I watched this for the first time, I was really curious. Like, was this Gabriel or was this Loki? Because uh, it might have like some impact oh. going forward in the in the show. Like, if this is them introducing angels, then like you know, fucking Castiel might show up at some point. Who knows? Like, we don't we don't know what's going to happen. Um, but I, I'm curious what you think now that I've told you all of this. I hadn't if- even thought about that, and I don't remember the timeline of when. Gabriel would have dropped out of heaven like was it around the time that the Sam and Dean plan was taking place was it before that because he didn't want to play along in the little Lucifer war thing um because this could totally just be Loki um it's certainly I I just assumed it was Gabriel the entire time and that Mm -hmm. that's just what this dude's been doing this whole time was pretending to be Loki like I said I thought it fit the characterization very well for season two of him um where he was still gabriel just pretending to be the trickster yeah um so that was my interpretation here was it's still gabriel still pretending but now that you say like oh this was actually 
this is actually Loki. This is the body that he eventually took over. Um, I could easily buy that. Well, I, and that's I guess that's what I was curious about because somebody. Um, so this the, when this aired uh, the the cast, it was Jensen's birthday, um, and all of the cast was in New Orleans, and they were doing like some kind of live tweeting about it. And somebody asked Richard Spite, um, no, Richard Spate, <laughs> fuck. Rhymes with eight. We don't do it on purpose. We don't. I and mean, sometimes I do it on purpose, but with this one, I really, I am just really fucked up in the head about it. I'm sorry, everybody. We, uh, we went back and forth too many times. I'm sorry. I know we're a supernatural podcast and we should have this down, but we've really just confused ourselves too. It's so much it's, easier when you're just tweeting and you know how to spell a word. That's one it's thing. so much easier. Say it out it's loud. So much easier. Yeah. Um, but he said it was. It was. This was Gabriel. That this. And I don't know. Um, I'm. I'm going to be interested because I don't remember if what happens in the rest of the season well enough to know if it's going to make a major impact or not so that's the reason i wanted to bring it up is because well, he, he's locked he, in a mirror in a it, cupboard exactly i feel like he's just pretending to be locked in there everything with him where it's like it just seems like he's defied so many rules and laws and how is he actually still i don't care how powerful an archangel is it's just like at a certain point you go this is a little bit too much which just makes me think yeah he's just pretending that all of this stuff affects him i don't know yeah um either way we this this is a big reveal this is a i think like i said the second uh returning cast member from the original series this is probably the first major one though i don't really think i can we can mm-hmm. count henry winchester yeah, like as i, a I major didn't one. really recognize i mean i yeah. knew that that henry winchester showed up in the original series of course it was that time traveling episode but i didn't even clock that it was the same actor um you know put it put that haircut on any guy and he looks the same to me we go outside and lata is doing her research in the in the mobile library that is carlos's van uh and each of these sigils is from a different culture they're all sigils of protection but they all do different things uh notably and none of them protect against fire (laughs) notably none of them protect against fire uh one of them is our classic anti-possession tattoo from the main series too which i thought was a Uh, neat little nod um but carlos is like uh pretty much telling her like i'm not interested in seeing the show I feel like, you know, this is, you mentioned this earlier where he talks about being a rock star uh, and having to be, having to be a hunter at the same time. Something would have to die, the dream or the monster. Like you said, like, I mean, both of them would have to die Actually, at the same one time. Actually, the line yeah. would make more sense if it was like the monster has to die and therefore the dream has to die with it. Like, Ex- you, yeah. You, that's just the way it goes. But, uh, uh, but, but the way that they frame line, it sounded cool, but then I stopped and thought about it and I was like, wait, hmm. hold on. <laughs> He um he spots a roadie and decides to go and ask the the guy with the most information to to help out, uh, and the roadie says that they've got this like one weird stalker fan that's been following Jericho and Brock around, and describes Loki with the the guy with the weird hat and the feather. Um, mm-hmm. So from there we jump back to Mary's house where Samuel wakes up and sees Millie. Sitting. God, he's such a fucking asshole. <laughs> I think this is the perfect opportunity to talk about how much of an asshole Samuel is. I don't remember him being that much of an asshole. I know he was kind of up to no good in season six, but Man, I never... I'd, I've been listening to... I haven't watched season six. No, he had a personality problem, you know what I mean? I haven't watched season six since we did it for the podcast, which was years ago, but I've been listening to Carrie and Wayward's coverage of it every week, uh, and it's it's a shocking reminder how awful this dude is. In fact, they just got to the, the, the episode where Sam has to kill him, um, which is funny. Okay, um, so he does suck he so does, he, he, he does absolutely there's this. a precedent okay. for him just being an absolute jackass uh and it's even it's obviously so much that like when she has to introduce herself and tell her tell him like hey i'm millie uh i'm john's mom uh you know here's this tea and he's like i'm not drinking that and she's like it's from ada she said to drink it and also not be a jackass and he's like oh okay fine um and then millie 
I, I feel like Millie is just desperate for a human connection at this point. Like she just saw her dead husband a couple of weeks ago, uh, relatively recently. Her, she's caught up in this crazy monster chasing lifestyle, trying to save the world. And she just starts rambling at the, the, this dude. And you can tell like he's waking up like with a hangover and he's like, wait, what, who, what, what are you yeah. talking huh? about? Uh, huh? And the only thing that he really picks up on is that, uh, John's father was a man of letters or what he calls a mole man. Uh, and just kind of just is immediately condescending, like, oh, they're sitting yeah, there like, wow, towers. He's a fucking nerd. You married a nerd? <laughs> and, and you know, she kind of rightfully points out, like, hey, this, this motherfucker just saved your life. Like, you better yeah. chill the fuck out. Um, but it was kind of the, I think we saw some of this, not prejudice, but we saw some of that kind of angle on it in the original series. We did, yes. Uh, the hunters do the real work while the, the nerds are back at the library doing the research. And we saw the opposite, uh, right? We, all they do. We saw the right. condensation from the men of letters, specifically the British men of letters, talking about like oh, yes, exactly. awful, yeah, dirty, awful dirty hunters out there, you know, being doing all the grimy work while they're doing the real work. God, which... How dare you remind me of the British men of letters? <laughs> hey, do you remember, do you want to you want to talk about her taking uh, that toenail off? Do you remember that? <laughs> do you remember uh, your fucking... talk about Mary having a relationship with that motherfucker? Oh, dude, don't even get me started with that asshole. So, so I the other so the other other thing is okay we've confirmed samuel was always a huge asshole mm-hmm. um but he wasn't always bald apparently i just i'm just trying to look at this he's got a he's got a full head of hair here yes uh-huh. this is something you don't just have an actor be that starkly bald and then don't do anything about it when you show him he doesn't even have like a buzzed haircut or anything he's got a full beautiful head of hair how old do you think this man is let's say that he had mary when he was in his 20s she's in her early 20s now so he's in his 40s late 40s maybe um this is the classic just, thing uh go ahead i'm sorry i'll let you finish your point i just feel like you know by the time that i'm your age jeremy <laughs> i will most likely be bald and if not you'll be able to tell that i'm on my way there uh-huh this man i just don't get it. i don't see how that much male pattern baldness takes place we talked about it a little last time but since he was being an asshole this time i'm allowed to really rip into this character what did you do that made you lose all your hair so rapidly this is a classic, uh, like what happened to Obi Wan, and between, yeah. between like episode three and episode four, because because right, right. he ages in the space of, like you know how old is Anakin at the because like Anakin is born at the end of not Anakin, um, Anakin is like twenty six or something. Luke, in, in... Luke is born. Oh, Luke, yeah, Luke, Luke is, is twenty, I believe. Yeah, Luke is born at the end of episode. So Nineteen three. years have passed. Nineteen years. You and McGregor and um, oh my god. <laughs> What is, what is original Obi-Wan's name? I can't remember. I can't I can't um, remember either. Save my life. Um Alec Guinness. Yeah, yeah. And there's that and those two people look substantially different from one another. Like that's that's mm-hmm. and it's the same thing happens here. Like you have to realize and main supernatural timeline, we're not far from her doing from Mary doing the demon deal that saves yeah. her dad and curses Sam, right? That's like, like tops tops five years from We're now. like three or four years away, huh? man. <laughs> and it's like, I think that, I, I can't remember Superman's name here. I like this guy. I think he's playing the, the character well. Mm-hmm. But I just keep thinking he's somebody else. He should have been a fun uncle or something. Tom, he's Tom Welling is the guy's <laughs> Mary's name. older brother. <laughs> yeah, <Tom>, he's. <laughs> and they, you know, they had a bunch of cousins and stuff that, that they in they season had like 100 six. Cousins, yeah, there were so you know? many cousins running around. Uh, but I get like th- this show is about dads in a real major way for for some of the characters. Like we do we do a lot of daddy work in the Winchesters. Um, I, I also agree with you. I, I don't care uh, because I think it's fine. I would have said, ah, oh, yeah, no, I don't care. But I talked about it this much. I think I do care. You think you do care a little bit? You think this is <laughs> I think really I getting, do under, care. getting in your craw, Chris? Is it getting in yeah, your I'm craw? getting my, you know, as somebody who who is going to experience baldness in a real way in my life, 
I just don't think I just don't like the representation on this on screen. It's unrealistic. It is. It's maybe a little unrealistic. Um, <laughs> guy has beautiful head of hair. So sure, he sure does. We're going to uh, we jump back over to the bar <laughs> where it's time for Jericho to to put on a performance. Um, I believe this song is a is a cover of a Luden Swain song, uh, which is. Uh, should have known. I yeah. should have fucking known. Should have known. Um, I believe is that not Jensen Ackles' band? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, no, no. I'm no, sorry. Wait, no, 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 no. That's no. Uh, that's a. It's Rob Benedict's uh, band, not Chuck. Chuck's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, and also just a fun little motion. Chuck is actually in this episode. Rob Benedict is in this episode. He is. Oh, really? He's playing in the band. He is credited as not oh, Rob nice. Benedict. He is credited as. Uh, introducing Tango as himself. Um, they <laughs> obviously funny. had. They ob- is that like it to avoid a guild thing? Like- I would assume so. Yeah, uh, I think they just want to do fun cameos because they're credited as um, uh, Sweet Johnny High Pockets, Sir Richard Furlong, <laughs> Hot Carl, and Tango is the name all right, of all of the band. Funny. That's, that's pretty, funny. pretty good. And I'm glad we didn't have like Rob Benedict show up and as as yeah. Chuck. Like I don't I don't think we need that in this episode. No, uh, I will say. Once again, I know people love Luton Swain and, and this type of music. This is just not for me. This is just some of the worst. Yeah, it's fucking, not really my jam. The the big the big huge performance at the end. I think Carlos fucking nails it. Uh, I just don't care at all. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. awful. Mm-hmm. Just a bad song. Um, Lata and Carlos are looking around for Loki. Uh, Carlos can't really take his eyes off Jericho though. You really see like you really feel like he is given a lot of thought to what he left behind and all of this. It's his, yeah, his past has, has literally, it's playing guitar in front of him right now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Lata finally spots Loki. Oh my god, I just, I'm, look, I'm just looking at my notes now, and I wrote, for some reason we're seeing Jericho perform. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason. I was not into it, I guess. <laughs> it's not, It's. I mean, uh, I, I feel like this is, do you remember that like late episode, uh, late season episode of Supernatural where they we just meet Dean's old friend and they like sing a song together? Like yeah. it's just, I was like, uh-uh, don't show me this. I'm, I, don't I'm, want, I don't want any part of this. I, I've never been so convinced that I would be because I feel like with celebrities, you just you just kind of I think everybody when they see especially someone as charming as Jensen, you'd be like, oh, he me he me and him would be best friends. I feel like I would yeah. not be good friends with Jensen Ackles. Dude, I don't, none of these motherfuckers would like me. I that's all right because the feelings mutual. I just know? don't feel like we would have a lot in common. Like we both like Mardi I'd be Gras, so polite I if I met. I'd be so excited, but then like if I had to like hang out with those guys, I'd be like, you guys, you don't want me here. Yeah, I'm this is weird. Do you, do you guys, do you guys like? <laughs> I got a bad personality. Do you guys like underground hip hop at all? Is that yeah, a thing? I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a fun guy. Anybody Anybody here played Final Fantasy 16 or anything? Like, Not I just... one of you has played Final Fantasy. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty big selling AAA video game. I'm just saying. Like, I don't. You guys get a weird energy here. <laughs> this is just a real boring. Like, you guys. So you guys really just like sit around and just kind of talk, huh? About sports. You guys really just sit around and what make music? That's weird. <laughs> this is so weird, y'all. This is. Do you at least want to get high? No. Okay, it's fine. We don't have to get high either. So you're all sober and you're healthy and you're having fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't like what's. I don't like your vibe. Jensen, why are you doing squats? Why, just we're in a room, man. This is not a gym. Stop, why are you doing you just squats? Stop and locked in eight perfectly formed <laughs> why you, squats. Why are you planking with one hand? In I don't cowboy understand. Boots. I don't understand what's going on. Why are you all wearing God, cowboy yeah, boots? I'm actually convincing myself to love them <laughs> now. It's actually doing the opposite. That's just what happened. We just fit, we just made the loop. <laughs> like, wait, this motherfucker's doing planks and cowboy boots right now. Hold on. 
Oh, Jesus. Uh, lots of sees Loki. Uh, points points him out to Carlos. Carlos dude, no is, one's having a better time than Loki, though. We got to say that. He's loving He's it. jamming it, dude. He's just yelling. He's being, he's having a good time. Uh, unfortunately, Jericho starts smoking a little bit. Like he, he's, We see tendrils of smoke coming off of his body. So Carlos tackles him off the stage. Uh, and as they get him off, like there, there's nothing happening. Like It just stops. Uh, and there's just we don't have any idea what's going on lata goes to confront loki and when she taps on the shoulder it's just a to- totally different person no. i have no idea what's going on uh and that is when our old friend the bartender uh who is going to grab some more beer in the in the side room starts to burn alive uh starts screaming and yelling carlos run in Carlos and Lata rush in. Uh, I thought they were going to save this dude. I did too. Carlos grabbed like I'm sure of it. He's quick. He he grabs this huge blanket, starts putting them out. But unfortunately, when he drags that blanket back, there's nothing but ash. Uh, yeah. That's some bad burns, my man. That's some pretty that's bad. Some burns. bad burns. Like he's not just like like a charred corpse. Like he's like a bag of sand. Like that man's gone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Carlos goes to find Jericho uh, and finds him packing up all of his shit to leave. Uh, a, and Carlos just wants to talk and eventually they get it out of him. Like kind of what's happening. Um, after Carlos slash rivers, Gemini left the group, nobody wanted to hear him just solo. Uh, so he was in Nashville when he ran into a guy who offered him a deal. Uh, and this sounds very similar to a demon deal. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I thought it's kind of like in the same ballpark, but instead of trading souls or whatever, uh, Loki offered him basically the ability to, to play great music, um, but with the sacrifice of like, actually, I don't think we know that. Oh yeah, we do know this yet. Like he, every time he plays something, somebody will burn. Like it's going to sacrifice yeah. somebody. And if they, if he doesn't play, then he himself will burn. Or if nobody, I guess, is interested in when he plays, mm-hmm. then he'll burn. I don't know. And, and he is, he, he is marked by Loki with this um, incredibly Ugly cartoonish tattoo. tattoo of a musical Holy symbol. mother of Pearl. Of, I of thought like my a, tattoos were bad. Holy shit. So, uh, Brock slowly figured all of this out, figured out this whole situation. So, uh, and he notably, uh, I thought this was going to go somewhere else, but uh, Jericho says that he wanted in. He wanted to be part of it. He wanted the talent too. He wanted that ugly tattoo. So uh, he, something had to be done. Um, And then tonight what was happening is he was trying to sing at the dude that he met at Nashville, AKA Lori. And of course that backfired. I can't can't can't, turn that back. You know, point the, point the gun at Loki. It's just not going to work. Uh, we go back to Mary's house. Uh, also, the best part of this is, is he tells all Carlos and Lata all of this. And then he's like, why are you not faced <laughs> why, by this? Why are you just so chill about everything? This Carlos is like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I did tell you a day. <laughs> we go back to Mary's house. Uh, Mary and John are just kind of reviewing some maps. And Samuel comes in uh, and just rudely kicks John out of the, the chair and is... Like kind of about to give John like the third degree. This is such a your girlfriend's dad move. Uh, it's it's a real dick move. Uh, even if you're even as a girlfriend's dad, I think. And then like Mary just totally shot, shuts him down and is like, "Hey, you can give him the third degree later. We have you need to talk to me. We have problems." Yeah. Um. And he he goes on to talk about like, "Oh, I made some contacts to find out where the Akrita are." And he's and John, I think, asks a question and he answers it with, "Well, when you've been hunting for more than five minutes, you know, you have connections in the." In Oh. And I'm just like rolling my fucking eyes. They did such a good job of making this dude just such a so, so insufferable. 
Um, and of course, but Mary is not really listening to that. She's like, oh, so you just decided to go out alone and by yourself. And he's like, hey, John, can you can you leave uh, so I can talk to my daughter? And John is like, absolutely. I'm going to million yeah. myself out this fucking door immediately. And Mary mm-hmm. stops him. She's like, no, anything you want to say to me, you can say to John. Um, and it turns out. Which that- is probably, that's like, uh, that feels like a bigger relationship thing than a kiss it does yeah that's mm-hmm. such a huge thing like she's she's confronting her father this is a family issue and she says no john can stay like that's big it's it's i feel like this is huge for them like right like if if, if my girlfriend was like oh hey um i would be like oh shit like i'm you want me to stay okay well that obviously means you fucking mm-hmm. care about me um uh, instead he brings out uh some some film some some film negatives so he took a bunch of recon photos uh trying to figure out where who the creative queen is so they're gonna they gotta go get that developed uh and as they as they leave um john he kind of says something and uh as they leave john kind of looks back and is like hey I know I've only been hunting for five minutes but you should uh try treating her like your daughter and less like a soldier and yeah. i Chris, the fact that I mean, this is so Th- that fucking, specific word, soldier. They're so rich coming from John Winchester with everything mm-hmm. we know about John Winchester. But that makes it's like that. That's so fucking tragic. Oh, dude, that he could see it from the other side. I know when we when we look at it from Sam and Dean's perspective, we can't talk about John as a tragedy because it's like you don't talk about your abuser that way, right? Like that's not the relationship. That's not the window that we have on him. But we're looking at it from the other side right now. And John, on the other side of that relationship with his sons, sees it a different way. He sees how toxic and unhelpful or unhealthy it is, the the relationship that Sam and Mary have and the way that Samuel treats Mary and how much that has wounded her. This whole episode is looking at how much that truly has has left a scar on her. Um, And the fact that it, it is so rich coming from him, right? But then it's like, wow, he really did see it this way. He really did see the error of treating your own children like this, and he fell into it anyway, and his children suffered for it. And it just creates, as we've said many times throughout the series, it's it's a tragedy for John, sure, but that it's, it heightens, I guess, the tragedy of, of Sam and Dean. And I love a good tragedy. Oh, this yeah, isn't real yeah. life, so I can revel in it. So in can- real life, it's not very... We can get we fun. can we can just roll around in all of this all of this. But in this one, it's ennui. like you have daddy issues, so you drink demon blood. I can I can talk about that. Yeah. You know, I could. T- <laughs> uh, Lata and Carlos are looking for clues to find Loti, uh, Loki, and uh, they go back to the van, and surprise, he is in the van um, doing his very big Loki shtick. Uh, Carlos immediately lunges at him with a knife, but he just kind of teleports behind him, and surprise, uh, this is all a setup. This was mm-hmm. all done so that Jericho could pin all of this on Carlos. So uh, Loki, who is clearly enjoying himself, brings out a resume for Carlos to talk about the things that Carlos uh, is known for doing. Uh, one is a hair model, which I think is very funny. because abs- <laughs> He goes same or something like that. He's like, been there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it was. He says samesies, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Loki basically just forces Carlos to accept this deal. Uh, and he has to say it out loud to accept it. And the tattoo moves from Jericho to Carlos. Uh, and he does this so that he doesn't, you know, otherwise, you know, Jericho is going to die. So Carlos has to take on this burden. Um, interesting, I guess. I, I kind of dig this a little bit. Um, it's yeah. I, I like the way this resolves more than I actually like any of the mechanics getting there, to be honest with you. Certainly. And I think I feel like they don't they didn't really care about the mechanics. They knew they just knew this, like the where they wanted to get with it. Mm-hmm. 
and in some ways you go, oh, that's kind of lazy, you know, and that's not necessarily in the spirit of Supernatural. Sometimes, like, the, the fun is in the hunt and in the mechanics. Um, but I think because the themes come across in the end, you sort of can forgive the, the sort of hand-wavy way they go about all this. Yeah. Um, and he's demanding a song from Carlos by sunup, otherwise he's going to burn. Uh, they, the, he, uh, Loki blinks blinks away oh no loki blinks jericho away and kind of treats him as like though that he's going to be we'll, we'll, we'll get back to him later um demands the song and the, so carlos and lata go back to fill in the rest of the scooby gang on the problem uh lata decides that maggie has a bunch of like books on deities and things so she's going to go check that out um john is john is left alone with uh as like because mary and carlos are also like oh i've got ideas i'm going to go over here so john is left alone with samuel and samuel is kind of surprised that how much has changed since he's been gone. It's only been a couple of months, but like Carlos was real flighty and not really able to be relied on. And Lata was terrified of everything. And John says, you know, that's, that's all Mary. Like she brought us all together. And he, and Samuel says, well, she didn't get that from me. Um, it's at this time, Carlos announces that he is hungry. Uh, so Millie volunteers to make dinner. Uh, and we go immediately to a dinner table. that looks like just, I can't tell if they were trying to play this as funny or not, because Carlos kind of has this look of like, oh, this isn't like a good food, or it's just like it's toast and gravy. Like I don't, I don't, I, don't, I didn't understand what the like. I didn't, I didn't understand if they were trying to make a joke or not about the food. I didn't, I don't know. I don't yeah, know why I, I was thinking about this so it's like hard. The smash cut to it makes it seem as almost like it's a joke. Yeah, and I guess I just Carlos is probably just not used to that kind of like standard home suburban meal that they're eating you know he's lived this wild lifestyle and you kind of imagine that he has like an, a more um exciting palate than than the standard um i don't know i have no idea i don't really know what the what the joke was but it's just I, I didn't, there I, they all they all sit and eat i didn't really get it uh but and carlos makes a joke about uh like oh i thought my last meal was going to be on, on a yacht or whatever uh but the important thing is that lata finds a clue um, the hand mirror that we've seen Loki use once or twice throughout the episode is a is the source of his power, but it's invulnerable. You can't break it. Uh, what they can do is use a reflective blade that's been soaked in a warrior's blood. So, of course, Mary, John, and Carlos all line up. Um, I've got to say, if you were like, hey, we need a warrior's blood, I wouldn't be the first person to stand up. And I think it's bold that all three of these people did. <laughs> I think mm -hmm. it's very, very bold. That's classic supernatural right there. Uh, Samuel pushes his way in to also join on the hunt, and Mary. This, I think that they just enjoy cutting their palms open. I think they is, like the sensation. This is just of it. a this is just a kink at this point. I think this is just it's, a. Kink. I, I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, Mary is absolutely furious and leads him outside, where we finally have a confrontation between Mary and yes. her father. Uh, and I, I mentioned it earlier. The show is about daddy issues. I think at its core, the show is about family issues, and we finally get this kind of dr knockdown drag out fight between the two of them where she says like, Hey, you don't, you don't get to do this. You don't just get to disappear, not talk to me and then walk back in here and join a fucking hunt. Like what, 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 what gives you the right to do this? Um, and he, he says, you know, I, he, he kind of just goes back and forth a little bit. And then he turns away from her and he says, I, I just knew you were going to be such a stubborn jackass. And like kind of just closes his eyes and like realizes shit. That's not what I wanted to say. Like, you're going to be just like me. Um, and then he confesses that he was doing all of this Akrita stuff to lead her away from his trail because he didn't want her to wind up like Maggie. So exactly what John Winchester did season one of Supernatural. Exactly the same thing. 
Uh, he says he was wrong for putting this knife in her hand as a child, um, that he chose this life for her just like his dad did for him, and I don't want you to hate me like I hate him. Just fucking bringing out generational trauma. Right. Of just and how years it seems of- like John is inheriting that from Samuel because he does the same thing. Mm-hmm. His own father, he has his own daddy issues, but they're different. And it just now, but just this scene, I'm like, this is... This is John and Sam and Dean. It brings like, it's it, that same. Com- does, does he just hang out with Samuel too much after this? Well, I think it brings it brings a, a level to that dynamic that we never really had insight to before. Because if you think about it, John probably saw his own relationship with his father as uh, leading to him being a relatively broken person, right? Like we haven't seen him really heal from his anger at. At oh Henry, God. I'm just like yeah. I'm, so I'm he, thinking like he looks at Mary's relationship with his father and oh. thinks that Mary is the strongest and best person that he knows. So right. when something happens, he emulates her environment, even though she would be horrified to know that. Like right. it's a it's like real. He loves her so much. He thinks she's so strong. She thinks he thinks she's so amazing. That's... That when it comes to well, I want my children to be exactly. as strong as their mother. So let me treat them the way that her father treated her that's like that's the path to guide them there that's so messed up but it makes so much sense it's a, such a dramatic misunderstanding of mary's situation right. too like i feel like it it's just and it's it makes it all so horrifying it's so sick and twisted it just makes it have fucking decades worth of trauma dumped at the floor of sam and dean to have to pick up and carry themselves through for 15 years and you're like oh yeah no wonder they're both such fucked up individuals like no wonder dean can't hear the words i love you without literally falling down to the ground on his ass and being speechless like Mm. no wonder like sam has all of these doubts in himself and has no wonder he doesn't know what pregnancy is. no wonder he doesn't understand basic human biology um yeah, it's 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 pretty horrifying if you think about it and you start really putting it together. Um, I am just fascinated by them really digging into this topic in a prequel. Like when this was announced, I think we watched the trailer. We did a whole episode of the trailer, uh, and we're like, "This just looks like it's going to be garbage." I don't know why they would. There's so many more interesting stories you could tell out of the supernatural universe. Why would you go back to these two characters? And it's fascinating that they are actually like making me fucking riveted to the screen when this kind of yeah. stuff happens and tying it so well into the the main the main series. And I'm just like, I, and I, I think it was at this point I was I I, I had watched a few of them we were watching them live with the podcast and i stopped and i decided i'm gonna like binge these and i was like i'm gonna binge them all <laughs> i gotta i gotta see them all right now like, i couldn't stop watching at this point um so yeah they uh did we even talk about the actual conversation that they had we did we did so he confesses okay. that he was he was um oh yes yes he was yeah. trying to keep her all away and he he says um, that he was looking that he heard rumors of what he called an oppenheimer which is very funny and to be talking yeah, about right now yeah. with the the recent release of the movie oppenheimer uh but basically there was he he heard rumors of a of a of a nuclear bomb that could erase all monsters in the world this is something again tying back to the supernatural series of something that dean was always chasing uh but mm. instead so Samuel found the Akrita. Um, so uh, that's how he began this investigation. So they don't really kind of finish this. Instead, we just all bless, bless blades with blood. We go back to the bar and it's time for our big, like kind of ending fight scene uh, yeah. because the bar is empty. 
Loki pops up behind the bar. Everyone draws their blade. Loki snaps. He makes copies of himself. And uh, Elton John comes on. And they start jamming out and start fucking attacking each other all over the place. Uh, I love the choreography in this. We don't have to get into it beat by beat. I I think it's really good. Like, they do such a wonderful job talking about, like, making character little tiny character moments into into fight scenes like this i just mm-hmm, think it's it's mm-hmm. just very good <clears throat> um eventually we get this moment where uh samuel's on his back he gets rescued by mary and then he immediately stands up and stabs mary because he knows that it's not really her it was just the trickster pretending to be her and the reason he knew is because she's left-handed which is supposed to say that oh he knows his daughter so well and he, he really pays attention he cares for her but also in this episode, he said, wow, things have changed so much. Maybe in the time you've been gone, she became ambidextrous, bro. And maybe you just stabbed your daughter. That's a little bit too much to, to or not enough to go on to stab your daughter in the chest. That's all I'm saying. Uh, especially because right after this, Loki just gets up. Uh, he's yeah. And he starts he starts doing his kind of Loki swag about, you know, I'm touched by all of this emotion. And this is such a such a such a wonderful family moment. But he's completely unhurt. And Carlos still has the tattoo. And uh, Loki says every great trickster should have one last trick up his sleeve. Uh, and he mentioned something that I thought was going to come out later that the, so there's like he tells Lata that she needs to look at the incantation translation. Um, but that never really pans out into anything. So he just snaps. And our whole Scooby gang. Oh, I think that that's probably just like a, uh, I'm actually Gabriel, not Loki. Exactly. That's yeah. Maybe oh. a little Easter egg. It's oh. like, oh, you, you, the reason it didn't work is because oh, you duh. read it wrong. <clears throat> like, no, she didn't read it wrong. The reason it didn't work is because you're not Loki. That makes that makes sense. That's a great little uh, little nod to that. Okay. Well, I dig yeah. that. I dig that now. Um, he snaps. Everybody gets immediately tied to a chair. Uh, Mary starts kind of talking to him and he's like, you talk, you talk a lot for someone so small and shuts her up, basically just mutes her. Uh, Another snap and Carlos is on stage full fur coat, uh, standing next to a very tied up Jericho. And Loki says, Hey, this is, this is your moment. You sacrificed everything. Why should you pay for what he did? You need to take him. Uh, Mm. You you need to, you know, start singing and, and, and basically sacrifice Jericho. Um, and Carlos takes off the coat uh, and starts picking up the guitar. The camera cuts over to Loki, and I just love the height difference here because Loki or Richard Spate, yeah, Richard. Sp- no, I did it right that time. I did it you right. Did it right. I think Fuck. I did it right. Yeah. He's got his arm, like he's leaning on Tom Welling's shoulders, like he's standing, like at his full height, just leaning on the shoulder of Tom Welling sitting down. I just think that's yeah. very funny. Yeah. Um, uh, and Carlos picks up the guitar and begins to slam it into the ground, uh, breaking it. And he says, you're right. I did sacrifice everything, but I got so much more out of it, and I won't play your game. Um, I do appreciate that, you know, this is framing the hunting, hunting in a little bit of a different way. We went back and forth with it with Sam and Dean, right? But it was always just like, oh, this is a thing I do, and it sucks, and I hate it, and it's ruined my life, but it's the only life I have, and... It just all sucked. You know, everybody felt shitty. But Carlos was like, no, 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 no. I chose what I do, and what I do is good. Boom. And he, you know, he mentioned in the last episode uh, that he was going to be disappointed when the, when the hunt was over. Maybe it was the episode previous to that. Oh, yeah. Uh, because, you know, the gang was going to split up, right? Like, this has really become his family. Uh, and it's it's a powerful moment for him to choose not to sacrifice or not to go for his own selfish gain, but instead to be to pick his family to be like I'm not going to do that. I would rather sacrifice myself than than to right, let these people right. down. And he starts to smoke, uh, and then just as you expect him to burst into flame, all that comes out is glitter, and 
everybody is everybody is very confused by this, including yeah. Jer- including Jeremy Greer, because I was yeah. like, wait, what? <laughs> what is happening right I guess, now? I guess that's how the tattoo works. I don't know if you just like if you pass the test, it doesn't it doesn't burn anybody. It just turns into confetti or whatever. Um, so is this where the trickster gets really mad and smashes his hand on the table and breaks his own mirror? Yes. Is that how the mirror gets cracked? Because I wrote that down, and then I was like, I don't know if I saw that or if I just imagined so the that. It's eleven fifty at night. He he starts to smash things, um, uh, but it's. I feel like that what happens is like he he he's he's so upset because th- he says this isn't happening. Humanity always makes the selfish choices, and I will not lose to you. Um, and I think we're we're supposed to assume here because all of this has got to be a smokescreen if he's Gabriel, right? Like all of this is just right, pretend. Right. But I think what we're supposed to assume is like. Carlos outplayed the game that Loki was playing. So Carlos choosing the non-selfish act, uh, Carlos, you know, basically sacrificing himself, uh, meant that he loses the game and then he gets sucked into the mirror. Oh, right, 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 yeah. right, right, right. Yes, 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 um, yes, 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 yes. And I just, okay. there's a moment where uh, after he gets sucked into it, I think that that's when the mirror breaks. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused, but there's. I don't a, even know if the mirror broke. That's not even important. I, I have it in my notes. Right. The, he, the mirror breaks, yeah. so it had to break at some point if we're both talking about it. Uh, there's there's a moment where like just I think the 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 shot is like uh, Carlos on the stage in the distance and everybody in the foreground um, not tied up anymore and you just hear like from a distance thanks for nothing Carlos because <laughs> he's yeah. trapped inside the mirror it's just very uh. very funny um, and there's a very very sweet moment of when Mary rushes to the stage to embrace Carlos and says did you really mean what you said and he says every word you guys are my family um, which is you know, kind of a, a testament to Carlos. And I I complained last week, I think, that I thought Carlos and Lata were being sidelined, and I'm so happy we get, like, kind of a Carlos moment here, like an arc for this guy, because I'm, I'm really into him. Yeah. Um, season two win, everybody. Season, season two, two win. win. I'm ready. Uh, we go back over to the house, Mary's house. Millie is leaving. Uh, she's carrying the box with she's her. She's once again seeing herself out. Yeah, she's like, I am done with this rude-ass motherfucker and my boyfriend just making eyes at this at this 19-year-old. I've got to get out of this house and go do adult yeah. things. Um, she she brings the box with her with the intent of fixing it. Like, maybe she can do something with it. Um, and she's real into Samuel's idea of getting rid of all of the monsters, so she wants to help with that. Um, they... they say goodbye um she goes to leave mary and john come out uh john is like hey mom i'll, I'll be right there uh and mary and samuel talk and turns out all of the recon photos that he that he took are damaged they're all they've all got light bleed yeah. um but that doesn't matter because samuel is on his way out ada called and uh, she has a lead on some magic that can find the queen and uh he is going with ada to go be a place where he doesn't get paid for episodes because <laughs> this, yeah, this yeah. show has a tight budget that can't afford tom welling to be on every episode um so he's written out of the show again in classic supernatural fashion will we see him again before the end of the season i don't know you know i, do. I don't know i do um he seems to have softened a bit on John, which I guess is good, but the real takeaway is that they have an anti-Akrita possession tattoo. <laughs> this is cute, I think. Um, it looks kind of cool, but I'm like, man, I don't remember John or Mary having these tattoos. <laughs> very, very weird that they would, you know, just not 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 think about this or anything. Um, you would think that, you know, in John's journal, right, in Dad's in Dad's diary, that they would mention the Akrita and tattoos and stuff like that. But... So I guess you got to assume that they absolutely wipe out. 
the entirety of the Akrita if if you never had to warn the boys about it. Once you once you start trying to tie this show um, as of episode eight back to the main show, your your mind it really starts going into a bunch of different places. It gets a little crazy. Um, back at the bar, uh, Jericho tells Carlos that he's going to turn himself into the police, and Carlos is like, "That's." very pointless my dude <laughs> like you got into a situation uh, are you serious like and, <laughs> and and the thing that we see is that uh carlos excuse me uh jericho's hands are damaged so he will never be able to play the guitar again thank the lord hopefully, thank god hopefully his vocal no i'm kidding <laughs> hopefully you turn yourself in at fucking guitar center if you really want to face some justice <laughs> Um, but Carlos says, Hey, you've got a, you've got an, an eye for talent. Like you should go out and put some good in the world and use your gift that way. And, uh, I just, and I really like this because Jericho is like, I don't think that that's enough. And, and Carlos just says like very realistically, maybe not, but it's, you know, a start. And I, mm-hmm. I just, for some reason that really like kind of resonated with me a little bit of just like, Hey, it might not be enough, but like, you got to do something and you might as well start with something. So yeah, uh, and Jericho was like, "Hey, we got one more show to do. You got to get up there and sing, and sing for me." Um, and we do. We we cut to the bar where everybody is gathered around to watch Carlos sing. I say everybody. There's very few extras in this yeah. because there's like eight people. <laughs> it's this is a little intense with that few people, but it is what it is. It's a 3 p.m. show. Um, did you did you ever see the footage? I think it's from uh, South by Southwest of uh, Flight of the Concords, like doing a a. a they're doing like a very mini performance and it's just on top of like some buckets next to a stage where another band is setting up to perform in a tent. And <laughs> I they, don't think I have seen And they just, they just make a joke about it because, you know, they're flight at the Concords and they're hilarious. I'm like, yeah, we have one of the best managers. We told him that we, we really wanted to work at a spot ne- right right next to a good band. And, and here we are right next to the stage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I love Lata. I think she she requests some Sabbath because she says she's she's more of a metalhead. And thank you God, Damn. somebody has good music taste. Uh, Carlos starts to sing this this Luden Swain song, uh, which I won't belabor anybody with my opinions about. Everybody knows how I feel. Uh, and then we start getting random shots of all of the cast. So we get a shot of Mary replacing Samuel's hat uh, for him, which is nice. Uh, they they hug. We see Millie taking the the box apart, uh, kind of piece by piece. Hopefully putting it back together again. We see Lata putting the mirror into a chest and, uh, and locking it, keeping the key. Um, and as the song is coming to a close, we see Mary walk into a room where John is like looking at all of these photos that uh, Samuel took that have all this light bleed and just fucking planting a, a goddamn showstopper on him, like a toe curler yeah. on him, man. Like this is a hefty passionate kiss like this is it sure is i it sure is. i don't i've been married a long time i don't know that i've experienced this lately like that's I, a straight up that's a make out i, I, I was like, like i was like i need to i need to go say hi to autumn <laughs> like i need yeah. to i need to remind her who i am after try this to, try to open my mouth that wide i don't know if i can <laughs> they are straight up making out they are making um, out and john I, I love john's reaction too of course where he's just like drop the pictures john's and like, reaction is to uh, go along with it for one second before being distracted by something in the room. Uh, Mary tells him, uh, I don't want to think about the Krita or the world or if it has a future. I just want to be with you right here, right now. And so they... Bro, she she wants to do more than make out. That's what she's saying. John is terrified of that. So he starts immediately looking out around so the room. So he's immediately like, uh, first of all, <laughs> this is this is where Sam Winchester would be saying, no sweat. No. <laughs> meanwhile, his hair is clinging to his face with sweat. This is like, this, like father, like son. Like, it is so clear that his eyes are frantically darting around the room it's not that he is is doesn't want to but he's terrified he's just terrified um, yeah he's just so but un- scared and unfortunately his eyes catch on something and well or, or fortunately his eyes catch on something and, and that's his that's his um 
his way out. <laughs> he looks at the pile of photos that they were looking at before. And then he realizes that there's somebody in the background of one of those you know, overexposed photos, whatever it is. Uh, and he says, hey, that's the guy who gave me my dad's letter when I got back from the war. Who is this fella? And then they show us the photo, and it's motherfucking Dean, Dean Winchester. Winchester. Um, um, this is a screenshot. I, so I told you my reaction was that motherfucker. <laughs> um, but I will say this is less surprising than any other cameo that they could have possibly done. I felt like it was only a matter of time before we saw Dean because Dean has time travel before and also Jensen Ackles is doing the narration so it would be um, a shame if we didn't see him at some point. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad we get to see him because we, we did get the narration. Um, I, I remember being shocked. There was a lot of speculation about who gave John the letter, right? So if you feel, if you think about time, like entities and supernatural, like a time travel, like I think I thought for the longest time that it was going to be Castiel because like that's, yeah. that seemed like of anybody that would be, and, and the, the difficult thing is like in Supernatural's timeline, Castiel is like dead essentially, right? Like he is, he's gone. He went to super, super hell, as I think his Tumblr yeah. calls it. Yeah, super hell. Um, so like he wouldn't be around to do that. So maybe if Castiel can't time travel into back in time to kind of like maybe push this timeline a certain way, then it would be maybe Jack. Like Jack is, is the new mm-hmm. God. Like maybe he can do this or maybe it's an angel. It's like, I, I, but I knew it had to be somebody that would like, absolutely be essential to supernatural like it couldn't just be a side person does that mean that gene's changing the timeline is like dean purposely changing things because otherwise i can't quite remember how that episode in season four goes where he first time travels but he meets john and if john Mm -hmm. recognizes him here and presumably is going to encounter him later in the season you would think that he would later recognize him you know a few years oh, yeah, down yeah. the road i don't remember if he gets his memory wiped or whatever but um because so i have to assume the timeline changes i don't know because dean because at the time that they met the first time is when um john and mary are, are together already and like john is contemplating the purchase of the car um and dean encourages them to do so, so. i have to assume what dean is going to do here is he's traveled back in time and he's like listen there's all this, this is going to be this heaven and hell war stuff just have one son <laughs> just stop at one just have the one kid just do the one son <laughs> you think you think that's the lesson that he learned from all 15 seasons of supernatural is that sam sucks that's the lesson yeah. from supernatural 15 years fucking listen, years of supernatural just do the, the one have the, the one son the absolute theme is sam winchester sucks so much ass i'm gonna go back in time and not make a brother is i'm that- just saying i'm just saying we could have avoided a lot of trouble if lucifer didn't have a real vessel that's all i'm saying I love it. Absolutely love it. So um, that's crazy that they decided to go in that direction with this series. But uh, as a Sam fan, I'm for it. Sure. Yeah. As a Sam fan, I'd love to let's erase him that, from the Let's from get the past. that man out of here. I'm, um, I, I have to say, I'm, it's, it's tough to talk about this stuff knowing kind of where this is all ending up. But I, I will say, at the time I was watching this, I was really, really excited to start getting Supernatural cameos. I didn't... I wanted that connective tissue back to the main series. And there's like a lot of people from the main show that are around at this time, right? Like Crowley is around. Like I doubt Mark Shepard's going to show up, but like Crowley is around, like presumably Rowena is around. A ton of angels are around. Like there's everybody could, anybody could really show up. Um, But I didn't want them to really overshadow the cast. And I felt like this was the perfect 
episode for that right like i I didn't want this to become the fucking loki show all of a sudden because i right. love john i love the, these young actors so much i love our scooby gang so much and this was just like a perfect like way to marry those two desires in my head um so i'm i'm, I'm really stoked about this episode i think it's a great one i have no doubt that we'll, we will probably see dean this season but in the hypothetical reality where this got multiple seasons, it would have been really interesting to kind of tease this out, tease this mystery out over the years and just kind of build upon it until you finally get some sort of cool reveal. But um, we'll see how this goes, I guess. Yep. I'm, I'm really excited about the, the rest of the season. Um, if you have thoughts at people out there, uh, p- please write us monster of the week podcast at gmail.com. You could also like, I guess, send us social media messages. Like I'm barely checking Twitter at this point, or excuse me, X at this point. Uh, I feel like that whole site is about to crash and it does not exist anymore, uh, which is a bummer because I, I really, really enjoy talking to people on uh, monster of the week listeners and specifically on Twitter was this is a huge bummer that's just probably not going to be a thing anymore uh, but e- please email us we're going to do a feedback episode we have a special guest lined up for that um, and I'm I'm very excited to hear everybody's opinions especially on this episode with the Big Jensen reveal I'm excited to know I saw so many people like live tweeting this as it was coming out and I'd, that's an energy that I wish that I could participate in more of like that kind of community engagement of watching a show with a bunch of other people. Pick a, pick a new show and start doing podcasts week to week. I just don't think it's going to happen, bro. It's just not. Yeah, does anybody like shows? Like I always like you find like this weird pocket of a fandom that's super hot for some show you've never heard of and they are campaigning and they're getting retweets going and you go what is that i've never heard of this thing and it just feels like every show is that now ironically like the first show i remember doing that is named jericho like i remember that being a huge campaign to bring jericho (laughs) back there was like a peanut thing or something if i'm remembering right I i might have that wrong but yeah it's it's weird um, People don't get excited the way that they used to. But please, please write in Monster of the Week Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also leave us ratings and reviews on Apple Podcast or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast at. We very much appreciate everybody coming on this journey. Uh, watch out for an announcement. Um, we're we're going to be, I'm going to try to make Chris stream a video game with me. It's going to be a Merlin video game. It's awful, it's terrible, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a very, very fun stream. Is it um, a visual novel? No, it is not. It is, seems to be. I've, I've, I didn't want to dive too deep into it uh, because I was. I just. I want to experience this joy with you. It seems to be a collection of extremely terrible mini games. So perfect. Yeah, perfect for Merlin. Um, but it's also got just some real, some real classic. Like uh, I'm gonna Photoshop a screenshot of the of the of the of the thing that we were doing. I'm just gonna like you know badly Photoshop the background off of this Merlin character and put him in something else. Yeah. So it's, I mean, just beautiful. So please watch uh, watch social media, watch announcements for that, uh, watch our Patreon, uh, all that kind of stuff. We would very much appreciate you coming out to to watch us. Any last thoughts, Chris? I'm melting. You're melting. That's not good. Um, uh, but yeah, no solid episode, and uh, I'm very excited to see where this season is going to go. Cool. We we'll be back next week with um, control your destiny. Ooh. Bye, everybody. up you want to talk about final fantasy 16 i do i finished final fantasy 16 i finished the fight uh i 
I'm. I, I think everything I said on the last, pod, the last podcast, none of that really changed my opinion. I feel like the mm. the side quest writing kept getting better, uh, which yeah. is probably the best thing you can say about the side quest in that game. Like the writing just consistently got better and better, and then the presentation just stayed at the same fucking bland ass. Uh-huh like just people kind of talking to each other with awkward pauses because it's voice actors recording stuff in two different studios, probably years <laughs> apart from one another. Maybe like, it's just, there's no natural chemistry between anybody. It's, it's just, it's just, it's a slog. And I think it because it's, it's such stark contrast to the main story and the cutscenes where they have actually like, done all of the stuff that we're, we're saying the side quests lack where there is chemistry and actors are performing together and big exciting things are happening and then it's like okay now go talk to mid 400 times and run yeah. in circles around the hideout and like, like mid is, is a, not fun mid is an extremely cool character like i've really liked her like getting to know her throughout the game especially her relationship with sid uh and it's it was just it was really interesting like all of the stuff that she wanted to build and things like that um and i guess i should probably preface this i want to talk about some spoilers in this section so like um i guess kyle if you're not if you're listening to this before you finish final (laughs) fantasy 16 not want final fantasy 16 spoilers um stop listening but like uh there was a at the very end of the game you finish the penultimate mission story mission and then like the game gives you a zillion side quests and a bunch of new hunts um and one of the side quests is like doing this thing for mid because there's this floating island in the sky which is the end boss of the game and as you travel throughout the world people are like fucked up about it like they're really freaked out about it and as you would be of course yeah if all of a sudden there was an obelisk in the sky and the the entire state of louisiana could see it we'd be fucking shooting at it with our shotguns it'd be horrible um but mid is like oh i want to convert my 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 ship into an airship and i'm like well this is fucking incredible i am ready to rock (laughs) and i kind of had this thought that like if i finish that quest if i do all of the stuff it would maybe change things a little bit like maybe i'll bring some bros up there with me like maybe it would have an like an impact on the final chapter and absolutely not that is not the case (laughs) (laughs) and the same thing happened with jill uh who i feel like is the character that was the most maligned towards the end i don't understand what they were doing with jill whatsoever i'm yeah it seems like i mean it was inevitable but it seems like that's a lot of people's complaint that they just sort of take her out of the story or at least they change her role completely by the end um and i guess that's the nature of the fact that they made her a dominant too and you know Kalav's collected them all so at a certain point she's not going to have her power anymore but i'm big mad because if in the final scene like we've collected um tion's power and then the final oh, yeah, but thing, he's like, no, but I can just, but still I, do I, it. I can right, still do the right, thing. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, why the fuck is this dude here? And not, and not my ice princess, Jill. And I right, mean that in the right. most, I'm like Torgal. <laughs> like I want Torgal yeah. to be with me in this fight. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to bring Torgal. Yeah. I'm just, I, I'm just, I was big mad at it. And I didn't, they could, cause they couldn't do the ending if, if they did that, they couldn't set it up the way that they wanted to set it up. If, if they wrote in with you. But the problem I have with it is you do like, there's a Jill specific side quest that starts with um, like Joshua telling you like, Hey, Jill's kind of messed up. You should do something hey, about that. Should you do something nice for your girlfriend? <laughs> and, and and Clive is like, yes, I should do something nice for my GF. Joshua. <laughs> Thank you, Joshua, for bringing this to my attention. Uh, so we'd go do a bunch of stuff, and then like me and Jill hang out, and we smooch a little bit, and we do some story stuff, and it's all like really good. And at the end of it, it tells you, Jill has now formed your party. Mm-hmm. She will be with mm-hmm. you throughout the rest of your fights. And I was like, fuck yeah, gamer. Like This seems like a pretty significant thing to have done. I'm glad I did the side quest. And then you start the last mission, and she's just like, we just left her at home. 
Uh-huh. And I guess there's like a thing maybe like cuz she was cuz some of the people that used the magic, some of the bearers and dominants were getting like the stone sickness or whatever so i guess he couldn't use her powers anymore because of that but then also like oh yeah joshua was is was doing the same thing it felt like but he he mm-hmm. gets off he gets off scot-free i just didn't i was really i was really big mad about my the treatment of joe yeah. yeah. um that yeah. said the whole fucking ending sequence was incredible like just yeah. absolutely fucking mind-boggling over the top crazy what i want from a final fantasy game that i've literally never finished until now was this <laughs> yeah. i wanted just this much fucking spectacle it's a very final fantasy ending um all the spectacle and all the i mean even the tone of like the final cutscenes and stuff i'm like yeah this is like every other fucking final fantasy i've played you bastards um uh, affectionately you bastards um it's been very so how do you feel you beat your first final fantasy how do you feel yeah pretty good pretty good pretty good down pretty yeah. good uh i i feel like it was Again, I, I think my main problem is just like the the presentation of the side quest. Like, I feel like if there was a mm-hmm. faster way to like, you would shave probably fifteen hours out of that game. Easy. If, if there was if a not more. If they were like presented in a quicker kind of way, uh, like you you were you were saying like it's a real like awkward video game thing where Clive like obtains the quest and like he stands there awkwardly before you run over and talk to somebody. Oh, it's, and it's then... wild. Where I've been, so I've been playing New Game Plus on the hardest difficulty, and I've been. In this middle section, I skipped like every cutscene, whether it's a side quest or a main quest. I skipped every cutscene, and then realizing every time, first of all, you skip a cutscene, but then your the cutscene's over, but then it'll show still show Clive standing there. Then it will say quest accepted, and then you could then you can proceed to skip the rest of the cutscene. It's like it's so bizarre. But then this whole section of gameplay where I did nothing for about twenty minutes, skipping cutscenes, it took me twenty minutes to get through this section where I did not do any combat. I just ran from person to person. And talked to them and skipped cutscenes. And it was so eye-opening, I guess. Like, oh, there really is nothing going on in this section. There really is nothing going on with some of this stuff. It's just you're walking from point A to point B to have a conversation. Um, and in the moment, I don't think I, I saw it that way because I was so engaged with everything that was happening. And I was, like, really looking for it, you know? Like, I was very open to hearing what everybody had to say about everything because I was so into it. Uh, but yeah, taking that one step back and what I realized, oh shit, like, so I have not much. done video game in 20 minutes. I've just been walking back and forth, skipping cutscenes because there's, the game doesn't want me to do anything else, which it's is crazy. You know, yeah, uh, it's a, it's a choice. Let me say it's not crazy. It's a choice. It's the way they designed that game. And, and hopefully I feel like it will be better next time around. I feel like it shows, um, it shows a little bit of the history. Cause I know the director is from final fantasy 14 and this felt very, what, what yeah. I would associate yeah. from a, you know, a, a game like final fantasy 14, which is, you know, an it online... feels like that in so many ways, especially those side quests. They are, I mean, in final fantasy 14 has really great writing, but that aside, it's presented in, a, in an identical way. Exactly. Um, and one of yeah. them is an MMO. And one of them is the single player PS five exclusive that you feel like it should wow you. Um, and it and it does. I feel like there's a solid yeah. like you know probably seventy percent of that game, which is incredible, like just absolutely mm-hmm. like over the top and and wild. And it's it's weird to me because I the other thing I associate with Final Fantasy games is like you know obviously side quest and like mini games and like stif- different stuff to do and find and like creating ultimate weapons and all of this is just me absorbing via osmosis, just mm-hmm. being in gaming spaces for so long. Like I haven't actually played any of this stuff myself, but. I, but the, uh, the game felt weirdly empty when you weren't like directly engaging with combat um, yeah. and, and doing the over the top stuff. Uh, in a way, it reminded me, I told uh, our, our buddy Pad this the other day because I know he's a fan of this game. It reminded me of Azura's Wrath a little bit. Do, do you remember that game? 
Yeah, I played a little bit of that game. Yeah, it's just it's it's a it's like oh, here's this like incredibly like wild over the top sequence, uh, just like bonkers insane and then like just kind of padded in between but anyway mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm, I'm negative on the game i had a great time playing it like it's it was uh, it's because it's easier to talk about the negative things because all of the positive things um well it's either like the combat is amazing perfect yep. mm-hmm. wonderful mm-hmm. had a great time uh and then everything else i want to talk about is still like a huge spoiler and even giving a spoiler warning i'm like i kind of still don't want to like say everything so <laughs> Um, I had a, I had a funny a funny interaction yesterday. Uh, so I was testing a stream setup, right? Um, so I was there's we found out that there is a Nintendo DS game based on the TV show Merlin. So obviously that's mm-hmm. in our wheelhouse, and I wanted to get get it set up so that I could like for you and I to potentially stream it one day. So I have like the emulator set up. Uh, so I'm streaming, and then there's a couple of our friends in there, and our friend Dex is in there, right? Uh, and the video game. Uh, it's called shit. I don't remember the actual name of it, but it's like based on a very specific episode in season four of Merlin. It's like called the same thing as the episode is. Uh, and so as I finally, like I'm moving like cameras around and arranging the chat on the screen, like I'm doing all of that stuff. And I finally start the game and Dex is like, Whoa, this might have a bunch of spoilers. This is season four. And I'm like, Dex, it's, it's like (laughs) a 20 year old TV show dog. Like it's, it's okay. Like, I mean like, and also like I'm, it's got the still as kingdom keeps logo on chris's chest right here like people we finished it the, the podcast it's, it's okay and there's our there's a mutual friend in there um in the chat with this um teeny tiny coffee bean who you might know from twitter um former don't give up skeleton guest and he said well i don't know that you know i don't know that bean knows anything about the end of the story and bean chimes up and is like oh i don't really care about spoilers and he and texas goes well arthur dies and i'm like well i mean you don't just because somebody doesn't care about spoilers doesn't mean you rush to tell them the ending of something like that's that's a weird thing to do (laughs) like and i just cracked up laughing because i was like there's a middle ground between just like should you censor that for anybody who hasn't watched merlin who listens i don't know like it's the we we talked about it so much in the in the show like i don't i don't know man like i it's 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 the fucking more day arthur fucking poem like i don't i I don't know should i like i Maybe I don't, I don't, but I just found it hilarious. Like, oh, well, if you don't care about spoilers, I'm just going to tell you the immediate last thing that happens. It's like, well, no, I mean, like, oh, this is God. a random episode of season four that's ba- that a DS game is based off of. Like, you don't <laughs> have to. Anyway, I just thought it was very Goodness funny. Goodness gracious! Oh, Dex! Oh, Dex! <clears throat> shall we get going? We shall. It's very late and it's very hot. I was going to say you're. I'm in a full on sweat. Well, let's uh, let's sweat it to some oldies. Yeah. (laughs) 